stick my toes in I'm frozen, I know I'm God's chosen Internal explosion my toes in, I'm frozen, I know I'm God's chosen, internal explosion. Yo, what's up everybody? It's Benny J. And yo, yo, it's your boy, Mr. God's Dark Complected in the building. And this is Internal Explosion, the podcast, episode seven, Unreal. Unreal. Gonna start off with a little story here. So recently... I had a bit of a a bit of an altercation, more of like a mild scuffle with someone that I used to be really close with. And in this scuffle, I felt justifiably angered with this person. I felt that they had done me wrong and it had justified the way that I ended up speaking to them, which was with mild obscenity and a nice little bump on the shoulder. You know, a little like one of these. And I realized after all of that happened that I was sitting in my own reactivity. I didn't think it through very much. I had quickly justified what I had done based off the offense that I felt was done upon me. And it plagued me for the past week. This happened recently. And I thought about it a lot and I realized, oh my goodness. I'm dealing with a person who isn't at a space where they could understand that level of correction, where they would be able to say to themselves, hmm, let me be thoughtful to what just happened here. Instead, what I did was I, reactivity begets reactivity, and I probably, most likely, put him in a very uncomfortable space, so much so that when I text him a couple days later, His only response was, the other day, and then next text, Unreal, which is oddly the title of today's episode. And just like that Unreal moment with my my friend, I didn't notice it right away. It felt like a normal, it, it just felt like a normal interaction that should happen in that case. But I wasn't being led by God's spirit in that moment. I was being led by my flesh. And I was taking revenge because I felt like I had been done wrong when he had invited me to come play some basketball. And then after two games, he gets upset and wants to leave right off of that. I thought, man, this justifies my my strength of behavior going back at him about what he did. And all I've come to find from this is just like my relationship with God in the beginning stages, when I was first coming into the, the understanding that God is with me, that God loves me, that I'm his child, I had some preconceived notions, ideas about what that meant. And in that space, I expected God to be extra kind to me and handle me with children's gloves, mm-hmm. make sure that uh, everything was super tender and, and kind and sweet, only to find out that life was going to punch me in the face and God was going to use those hard circumstances to build up in me patient endurance because he wants me to become mature. He wants me to grow through the suffering. My, my understanding of God, who he is and how he interacts with his people 
had to shift drastically. But just like in my situation with my friend, I wasn't treating him in the way that I should have for where he's at in his life and what he can handle. Just like God only handles me in ways that he knows are fit for me in that time period. There are all these different seasons that we go through for growth and God lines it up perfectly so that he doesn't overwhelm us to the point where we might find out too much about our own hearts ourselves and want to honestly die if we were to see the absolute truth of who we are. Because we are so fundamentally broken that we can't handle the truth. Jack Nicholson. A little bit. Mm. And I just want to I just want to hit on that idea that anytime you're dealing with another person, especially, especially those who are rooted in Christ, if you if you consider yourself a Christian, think about how God has dealt with you throughout every season of your life and all the circumstances you've been under. Think about how tenderly and mercifully he has treated you as you were going through different struggles to teach you, to lead you onward toward himself. That's the same way we need to be treating other people. So I realize where I need to repent in this whole thing. I need to go to my friend and I need to, I need to apologize to him straight up. I need to say, dude, I didn't treat you right for the situation. I wasn't gentle. I wasn't bearing any fruit of the spirit whatsoever. And that's a huge problem, especially for someone who, you know, who's, who's been around for a while in this Christian stuff, who's thought it through, who honestly should know better. But what happened was I went too far with myself that day. I did too much that day. I got the invite to play basketball in my excitement instead of thinking it through and saying, you know what, I should calculate how much energy I have for this. I just went. And what happened? I was just operating in the flesh and reactivity. I wasn't in the spirit and this happened. And it's because I let my guard down and I wasn't being wary of the situation that was starting to emerge out of my lack of self-awareness. I said a lot, Chris, please hit us with some knowledge. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure. I mean, I'll try to. Um, I'm just going to go back to the original question or the the hat, like Unreal. So un, Unreal has an inherent question, well, what what is real? And, you know, we, we can, I don't think we have enough time to unpack that fully. But in, in the context of what my brother's saying, you know, Unreal could be like, who are you? Like, what's your identity? Or Unreal could be, I'm questioning a relationship. I'm going to park at the relationship part of this equation because as we've talked about all these episodes, relationship with God, how do we know if the relationship that we have with God is real versus unreal? And so I know for for me personally, I have to test that relationship um, as I test all of the relationships. Um, And I've come to the conclusion, the personal conclusion, you know, not that long ago that my relationship with God is real. And the way I test that is in my thoughts. I test it through reading the scriptures. I test it against my own experiences. Mm. So as I experience certain things, I'll be reminded, and the Holy Spirit reminds me, that the things that I experience happen in scripture also, you know, thousands of years ago. And that's that's the part that is crazy for me to wrap my head around 
it's real because this my experience is not the only experience. You know, this has happened to other people, not just currently, not just my friends, but this has happened generations ago. And so after hearing story upon story upon story about situations like mine, I'm like, you know, law of large numbers, you know, as a business person, law of large numbers says that if it consistently happens, it got to be more true than it is not. There is still some doubt in there. I'm not going to say it's 100% certain, but I will say it's more certain than it is not. Relationship with God is real for me. Um, so can we do the same thing with other things? Test our relationships with other people? Test our relationships with other things? We have to. Yeah. We, we have yeah. to understand what truth is. And as humans, we are inherently seekers. So we have to seek that truth. Um, we seek it on a macro level, but on a micro level, we may encounter that question, what is real yeah. in our day-to-day -day relationships and our day-to-day -day exposure with different people and different things. Uh, so that's, that's just one of the things that I'm working, working through. It is a constant struggle, a constant battle to seek truth. But where I've landed today, especially, um, especially today is that God is real to me. God is the truth to me. My relationship with Christ is real. And because I can root myself on that, I'm, I'm fine going through every day. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with that. And it's the same for me. The experiences that I've had with God have led me to believe that he's the real deal. Mm -hmm. Interestingly enough, the first encounter I had with God was through other people through people who had already established a relationship with Christ and were already filled with the Spirit. Those people started to pour into me and show me through the fruit that God was bearing in them by his Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, mm -hmm. patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Those types of fruits gave me the evidence of God doing work in someone's life. And showed me that, oh, well, God must be somewhere because I never met anybody like this. These people are of a different species. Mm -hmm. They don't act like humans. And I thought, wow, this is awesome. I want to be like this. This feels securing. This feels like actual love. I'd never experienced any of that. I'd never been exposed to it until I was mm, somewhere around probably 10 or 11 and when that happened, I, I now had evidence that there was something good, though I don't believe it, it was inherent in people. I believe it's because God happened upon them. Something changed in them at the core of their being. God had regenerated them and gave them life, a new life in him that I could taste and see was good through the fruit they were bearing. And this just, this started to permeate my heart. God started to lead me toward repentance through his kindness by way of other people, by way of his, by way of his body. And he drew me into himself through these people. And the, again, I found the truth to be self-evident. It was so obviously true when I sensed the level of security that I was finding. I was getting peace that I had never had before. I was feeling excitement 
that I didn't have. Everything before that was relatively dull. I didn't have a lot of I didn't have a lot of senses of security growing up. So finding these types of people really brought me into that space where I could see for myself, I could sense for myself that God was truly good because of the way his people followed him, because of the way they were rooted in him. Mm. And that's all the evidence I needed. I know some people are a harder sell than I am. Chalk it up to whatever you want to. I knew at that point, at, at those times in my life, God was leading me, breadcrumbing me along to say, hey, Ben, I want you, <laughs> Uncle Sam. <laughs> I mean, you you hit the nail on the head. I think of the scripture, uh, you know a tree by its fruit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I personally question what is real, probably more than I need to. Um, but you know a tree by its fruit. So, you know, like you said, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all the fruits of the spirit, you know what people's belief system is by the outgrowth of their faith yes. and their their foundation. So if people are treating you with kindness and gentleness, they're faithful to you, they don't turn their back on you, they don't lie to you, you pretty much know where they stand. You know the type, you know what their foundation looks like. And scripture tells us those are characteristics of the Holy Spirit, and those are characteristics of God. And so as, you know, my brother and I are exactly the same, like I came to understand God through other people. And it helped me know that as people consistently, consistently show these behaviors, well, like I said, law of large numbers tells me that, well, that must be their identity. That That is true. That is real um, to me. And the way I understand God is God is those characteristics. And if I say that I believe in God and that I follow God, that I want to live a Christ-centered life, then that means all of my actions have to result in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and all the fruits of the Spirit. Ellipsis. And that's just one of those things that, you know, I, I have to prove what I believe. Yeah. Now, on the flip side, if I say, yeah, I love Christ, you know, God, me and God have this great relationship, but I hate on people and I have a bad attitude all the time and I'm just yeah. generally unpleasant to be around, then while my lips say one thing, my heart and my actions say another thing. Yeah. And so it's a facade and a facade is something that is unreal. Yeah. And so as we are searching for this truth, searching for real versus fake, you know, versus, you know, unreal, we, we have to, we have to test it. Yeah. You know, we, we know a tree by its fruits and we know our actions by our outgrowth and by the results. And, you know, we, we want to seek the truth. We don't want to live behind a facade. We don't want to chase vapor. You know, we don't want to chase things that are not real. Definitely not. So I think it too of, you know, as as far as the idea of unreal goes, think about where we are right now. Today's Good Friday, mm. and then we hit Easter Sunday, just in a, two days here. Right. Think about all the things that we were taught were normal as children. Everything that we were raised on, the Easter Bunny, Santa mm. Claus. You know, I hope we don't have any really young viewers here. Or we are about to unearth some <laughs> chaos. Just ruined. <laughs> Destroyed. 
So we look at all that and we think about how normal all of those characters are and the narrative that we've poured into our, our children, into our people, all the while accepting lies and saying mm. they're harmless. Why are we thinking like this? We need to draw back. We need to, we need to pull back out here and we need to look at the bigger picture and ask ourselves, what's the purpose of any of these narratives? What do they actually result in? I know a lot of people who end up just, just like with not believing in Santa Claus and, and you know, ending up not believing in the Easter Bunny, they end up looking at Jesus in that same way mm. where they say things like, well, what's the difference between belief or faith in Jesus and the flying spaghetti monster? I've heard this a lot of times from different people. And my, my answer is, there's a huge difference for those who have beheld Jesus, for those who have seen his glory in their lives, for those who have seen the love and the mercy and the grace that he can show a person. But I can understand from the natural thinking, what's the difference between these storylines? You'd have to do some serious investigation mm -hmm. and you'd have to get back into the curiosity of life and seek and see if you could find anything that would be found wanting within the storyline of Christ. And a lot of us just don't want to do that work. We're complacent, comfortable, possibly apathetic. And if that's the case, why would you even bother to go and seek it out? You've got it. You've been spoon fed enough answers You've been given enough retorts to, to last you a lifetime of, of resisting any kind of change. So why even bother figuring out what is real versus what is unreal? Since most people are just going to accept whatever they've been fed from the beginning anyway. Why not just find a way to fit into the general pack, to the general population, so that you don't have to endure the suffering and the stress of actually finding out the truth and having to deal with something that might be uncomfortable. So this idea of unreal, it's so pivotal mm -hmm. in, in recognizing what is truth versus what is not. Like Chris said, the facade. If you peel that layer off, you'll see what's truly underneath is the foundation layer. And you might be surprised and even shocked at what you end up seeing is the foundation underneath that false narrative or whatever it is that's painting over. It's like pulling up carpet only to find beautiful hardwood. <laughs> Every man's dream. <laughs> and woman's. Yes. So all that to say, test everything. Don't be automatically judgmental with the black and white type of judgments. Mm -hmm. Be open-minded. Be curious. Seek truth. Look into everything by way of the senses, but Christians by way of prayer. Stay prayerful and ask God to reveal things to you that could only be known or derived from the Spirit. We can't find actual knowledge. We can't get illuminated. Illuminati symbol. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you can see it under the hat, but that is a different kind of illumination. When you are truly illuminated by the Spirit, you're filled with light. Mm -hmm. He gives you understanding, wisdom, and he, filled, and he gives you the opportunity to bear much fruit. This is real. And if you don't believe it, go and find a, go, and go out and look for someone who is genuinely rooted in Christ 
and test them against the things that the scripture says about them. See if it adds up and see if you don't feel really good after being around that person for a day, even an hour. And then come back and talk about what Christianity is to you. Go and find somebody first. Don't just read a couple lines or hear a couple quotes or see a couple bad eggs out there. (laughs) Yeah, bringing it back into the Easter realm. But that ain't real, Ben. Who cares? It fit the narrative. So, yeah, we killing it here. But I want Chris to at least give an opportunity. I want to give him an opportunity to wrap this up a little because I know he's got something excellent to say. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Alley-oop again. Um, but, yeah, you know, we understand what the real is. You know, my brother and I understand what the real is. That doesn't mean life's going to be easy. Yeah. I mean, this is not the first time we've said this. It doesn't mean it's easy, but it will help you sleep better at night, understanding that you are following something that's real. You're following something that can comfort, that can Mm -hmm. illuminate, that if you fervently pray, will give you answers. Try that with the Easter Bunny. (laughs) Try that with Santa Claus. (laughs) Try that with some of these myths. And, you know, we say it tongue in cheek, but we're we're using images that most people know. Um, Like Ben said, you got to get out and sometimes outside of your comfort zone and test it to find out what truth is. All truth is is a series of tests that reveal the same result. Yeah. And so you got to continuously try it so that when someone asks you, what do you believe? You can say beyond a shadow of a doubt, you know what truth is. Yeah. And our hope is that that truth will have you rooted in Christ. Amen. So get rooted. Yeah. <laughs> find the truth. It's there and it is absolute. Mm-hmm. You just have to get to the core, the foundational pieces of what truth is because God said it at the foundation of the, of all creation. That truth is involved in all of that. It's literally what everything is based on. The only thing Satan can do is try to keep covering over top of it. So we can't sense and perceive what the truth is. So Christians, people who don't know, seriously start seeking, seek and you shall find, ask and it shall be given unto you. Knock. Oh, yeah. And the door will be open. You best be knocking on that door. Yeah. Tap, tap it. Pretend it's like the police with a warrant. <laughs> <laughs> Knock like that. <laughs> do, 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 do. Yes. Open up. <laughs> you start talking to Jesus like, <laughs> open up. You're desperate. That's okay. Mm-hmm. Be desperate for the Lord. Yeah. Be desperate for the truth. Don't just sit in comfort. It will kill you mm-hmm. eventually. So again, this is Benny J. And yo, this is your boy, Mr. God's Dark Complected in the building. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Chocolate Bunny. Yeah. Uh. Good season. Mm. Good season. (laughs) We ain't Cadbury's up in here. It's some (laughs) other brand. This has been episode number seven, Unreal of Internal Explosion, the podcast. We will see you next week. Kind of happy Easter. Just keep it about Christ. Word. Definitely. Bye. Peace, (laughs) y'all. Yeah.